one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Have y'all used our Rosemarino discount code yet? If not, it's not too late to start. You're in luck because Rosemarino now offers sample packs. That means for $30, you get a tea light of every scent, plus a $30 gift card to spend on your first full-size purchase. Sounds free to me. You can try my fave scent, the black tea candle, and April's fave, the fancy shampoo candle. You can't use our discount code on the sample pack, but you can use it on your first full-size purchase, which saves you more money in the end. Use our candle code SAF at checkout to save 20% off your first full-size purchase and or 50% off your first month of a subscription. That's rosemarinocandles.com and code SAF. We have exciting news for Fatmily in the U.S. The Body Reconnect Tour is bringing six U.S. cities a workshop all about you and your body. And it's co-run by an amazing Fatmily member herself, Danielle Galvin of at I am Danny Adriana. The aim of the workshop is to bring people from the online space of body positivity together in real life. This October, there will be workshops in L.A., Orem in Utah, Portland in Oregon, Chicago, Nashville, and New York City. Tickets are on sale now, and there are financial hardship and payment plan options available. Go to IamDannyAdriana.com or click the links in the show notes for more info and get your tickets ASAP. It's time to reconnect with your body. I'm Sophie. I'm April. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, our junior producer, Lynn, is taking the reins to talk about the liberal arts, metrosexuality, and fatness in college. April, did you ever think this day would come? It's the end of the chapter. Ugh, totally. Okay, this week for Obsessions, we're doing my obsessions and Lynn's obsessions, so y'all get to hear a little more about our cutie pie little junior producer. Um, My obsessions are, number one, okay, I've been traveling a lot the last few weeks. I'm currently in San Diego with my boyfriend Victor's family for a week vacation. Before this, I was up in Portland visiting my college friends. Just July is a very busy month for us, but... I've been excited to be at a lot of beaches and I really, really like sand dollars and my favorite like tide pool animals are sea urchins. And I found out this week that sand dollars are urchins. I did not know that. And now you know that and I know that. Off the coast of California, Pacific sand dollars snuggle up together like a big pile of purple sea cookies. They're fuzzy, almost cuddly. But look closer. That fuzz is actually made up of tiny 
spines. I don't know why, I just really like sand dollars. They're very delicate and pretty. They're my favorite thing to find on the beach. And here in San Diego, I found a bunch and I'm going to make a little project out of a couple of them. I'm like leaving obviously most of them here, but I'm taking two or three to make a little project for Victor. So don't tell. Also, I've been doing a lot of kind of Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram explore page scrolling. And I did find this really cool artist um, named Virginia Francis Starrett from the early 20th century. She only illustrated like a few books because she had tuberculosis. And so she died at 30, which is really sad. But she had these really beautiful illustrations. I put some in my stories the other day. There's just something like magical about them. I don't know. I think something about those reminds me of like the illustrations that were in my great illustrated classics books, especially the one in the King Arthur ones. Like I used to look at them for a long time, like the pictures, the illustrations that were like line drawings with like all the jewels and stuff. I don't know why that made such a big impression on me, but yeah. Um, so I'm obsessed with her. And finally, I haven't been regularly shaving my legs or my armpits for like a couple years now, but there's at least one point every summer where I just get like so tired of having a body because <laughs> it's so hot. And for some reason, something that makes me feel better is shaving my legs so that and like lotioning them up so that it feels really good to get in bed, like against the cool sheets. I also found this like lotion that's been helping with that, that has some like AHA in it. It's good for your legs too and your arms if you're getting some KP, which are like the bumps that are like not pimples and not clogged pores exactly. They're just like weird bumps. Um, you can't like pick them off. You have to use exfoliation in some way. Um, but anyways, so I shaved my legs and now I have to decide <laughs> if I want to keep doing it or not. But I am obsessed with the feeling of shaved legs on cold sheets. I love being in a room with sunlight to take a nap and there's a fan going. That's like my favorite thing. Okay, let's move on to Lynn's obsessions. Lynn, take it from here. Hey everyone, Lynn here with every She's All Thought fan's dream. I get to list my obsessions on the pod. So let's get down to it. My first obsession which I think I never thought I would say past the age of nine is soccer. I feel like probably a lot of like queer people are feeling that way right now uh, because of all of the like lesbian energy on the U.S. women's national team. I love watching the highlights of every single game the U.S. women's national team played this year because I did not follow soccer until... I watched the World Cup kind of just on a whim, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. Follow, like, Megan Rapino on Instagram, um, because even though she's super popular, she's also very cool. That's my first obsession. I'm also obsessed with this TV show that I feel like has been out for a while it's called Tuca and Birdie. You probably heard of it. It's on Netflix. It's made by the same people who did BoJack Horseman. It's about these two birds who are best friends. They're voiced by Tiffany Haddish and Ali Wong. I love the way that it does female friendship, female bonding. Tiffany Haddish's character is kind of like always like creating trouble for herself. And then Ali Wong's character is like very like anxious and also creating 
different problems for herself, but they're treated, like, so kindly and honestly, and it's also really funny. Third obsession. There are going to be two. If you've been following in the newsletter and our Instagram, you know that I just moved to the Big Apple, New York City, and I'm very nervous, and I spend a lot of time on subways because I don't understand yet, and so I just keep getting on and off and on and off, so... Here's what I've been listening to. The podcast, Just Break Up. It is kind of like a dating advice podcast. It's more like akin to things that I feel like myself and my friends are experiencing in our lives. Like they'll read letters that I'm like, whoa, did someone I know write that? They give advice in like somehow like these really insightful and like kind ways and I feel like since I've been listening I'm actually like incorporating a lot of advice that they give into my relationships like both romantic and my friendships so listen to Just Break Up I really want to do a She's All Fat collab with them and okay my final obsession is a big one King Princess who I have been obsessed with for so long and she's finally putting out a big full album and my girlfriend started doing this thing where like almost every single week she will text me and ask like when's the new king princess album coming out as if i had the answers so if you haven't listened to king princess um really good like queer pop and i just like to look at her instagrams because she's pretty all right those are my obsessions i hope you liked them Maybe I'll throw you some more sometime. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I'm really excited about it. All right, back to Sophie. Okay, thanks, Lynn. Okay, let's move on to the Apple Podcast Review shoutouts. Thank y'all so much for leaving us these reviews. They help us out so much. They help other people find the podcast. They help us feel good about ourselves. They help us get closer to new and noteworthy. Um, so thank you to the following people associated with the following usernames. The other Kalina, Arena Allegra, Fat in the Woods, Fuck You Dean, which... <laughs> I really hope is about Gilmore Girls, Hannah Suggs, and Not the Pepper. Thank y'all so much. And of course, thank you so, so, so much to our patrons. Y'all keep the lights on here. You make it possible for us to do our work. Um, we have a lot of upkeep costs here and we, um, you know, really rely on our Patreon to pay Maria and Lynn so that they want to keep working with us. Um, so thank y'all to the following patrons, Mary-Kate O'Keefe, Caitlin Marie, Annie Jansen, Rosa Dale Moore, Jack Skill, and Is This Life. Thank y'all so, so, so much. We could not do this without you, and you are the family. Okay, moving on. Next week's episode features the host of a podcast we love, Nancy. If you haven't listened, do it now to get ready for our talk. We're linking to it in the show notes. Um, we love Nancy. Okay, call for submissions. Send us your ideas for next season. Let us know what you want next season to be like. We're going to be doing an episode at the end of this season that's kind of a recap of this of this season since it was very different from previous seasons. And next season is just going to be improving on this one. And we want to tell you a little bit about what's been going on behind the scenes. And we want to hear from you about what you want to hear 
from us. Um, so please let us know who you want to hear us interview, what you want us to talk about, send in your questions, et cetera, et cetera, to FYI at shezellfatpod.com. Um, also want to shout out our Patreon Facebook group for Team Paisley, Moo Moo, and above. This week in the group, which is a great place to go if you're considering DMing me a long personal anecdote on Instagram, and instead you want to just get support from other fat people, you can go join the Patreon and talk about it. <laughs> with those people because they are an amazing supportive community. They're there for each other. I love our Facebook group. Um, this week in the group, people are talking about Steven Universe going brawless and they're giving each other body posse photographer Rex. I also saw several like people posting in fat kinis and being like, pump me up. And everyone was just like, oh my God, you look amazing. I love this, blah, blah. And that was very cute. Okay. You will hear more about this week's team. I Love Bread mini sewed later in the app. We are going to head into the meat of it. I'm very proud of Lynn for doing this episode. My college experience, I wasn't thinking about body positivity at all. And I am excited to uh, have y'all hear what the college kids are doing these days and also for our college kids to feel a little represented. All right, Lynn, take it away. <laughs> The meat of it. On my first day of college, I wore a baggy t-shirt that said, Fry Your Brain with the Mane, which was a band I was really into. And probably I wore a pair of dark jeans, even though it was September in Minnesota. I was a straight-sized white girl with brown hair, so at Carleton College, I could have been anybody. Carleton, where I went to school, is a small liberal arts school in Northfield, Minnesota. That's about 40 minutes south of the Twin Cities. And when I say small, I mean the student body is about 2,200 students. It's predominantly white, only 27% students of color, only 5% black students. It's a wealthy school. The tuition now is around $70,000 a year, and over 50% of students don't even apply for financial aid. There's no statistic for student size, of course, or style, but I feel comfortable saying that Carleton's student body is overwhelmingly thin and crunchy. So when I say that I could have been anybody, I don't mean it in a woe-is-me, lost-among-the-crowd kind of way. I mean that I had the privilege of looking around and seeing people everywhere who looked like me. Maybe they were better dressed or more edgy or wore overalls, but really few people look different enough to stand out. There's an overwhelming sense of a Carlton style. Doc Martens, cuffed high-waisted jeans, a cute little crop top, French tucked, shortish hair, worn down, no makeup. That's who you see walking around you, and in your classes, and in the most popular student organizations. I think where I first saw some difference was in some of the feminist and queer spaces I found as a first year. There were these two seniors who I was obsessed with, who defy the thin standard and presented more androgynous and unique in what they wore. They were the first people I heard talk about their bodies and their size at Carleton. It was just a small thing. I remember one of them said, I notice as my body gets bigger and smaller how my friends and sexual partners treat me differently. When I'm bigger, people don't approach me to hook up. We don't organize around fat phobia at Carleton the way that we organize around other things. 
Bigger activist organizations are almost always run by straight-sized, crunchy white people, and fat bodies are marginalized without question. Students aren't challenged to look around and think, why aren't there any fat people here? Or, we should hold our meeting somewhere without these tiny, inaccessible desks. Where there is more size representational mindfulness, there's definitely a person with a marginalized body behind it. Last year, four students of color, one of whom we'll hear from today, created a movement called Carl's Talk Back in response to administrative disregard of the perspectives, needs, and health of Carlson students. They had an open meeting to draft their list of demands, and they made sure they heard from every voice. They wanted to include every experience of marginalization at Carleton. I don't remember there being anything explicitly about fatness, but I felt like so many of the things that intersect with fatness, like accessibility and mental health needs, were addressed. And also, it was just a start. If it goes poorly, it goes poorly. If it goes great, it goes great. Whatever happens, we're still making an impact. All right? Um, let's say- It's really hard to organize against the administration. In the 10 weeks leading up to my graduation, I was working with a group of students to get rid of this professor who has been found guilty of violating Carlton's sexual harassment policy, and yet he continues to teach and advise at Carlton. The president of the college, the dean of the college, and various other faculty and staff refused to meet with us. If you want to know more about that, reach out to me. All this is to say, it's hard to change culture at college, and it's even harder to push a conservative administration to address the needs and wants of a more liberal student body. But hey, I'm not here to make this discussion all about me. That's what my discussion-based classes are for. Instead, I'm going to talk to three students about their bodies on Carlson's campus. Welcome to Fatty EDU, classes in session. My name is Gabby. I use she, her, hers. Like, I am plus size. It took me a second to, like, accept it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I'd say. When do you think about your body when you're at Carlton? All the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like making, like, outfit decisions, especially, like, going out. Yeah. It's really difficult. Um, wearing leggings, going, doing any type of physical activity. It just feels like everybody here is, like, super fit in like one type of body like if you go on free and for sale it's like always like extra small charlotte russe blah 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 not charlotte russe urban outfitters and i'm like fuck like i can't if i put on like xxl like that only goes to like two people like that targets two people at this school that i can like think of Free and for Sale is this Facebook group slash microcosm of Carlton's thin problem, where people sell their old clothes. It's a big space of judgment since a lot of social capital is already based on style, even though, like I said, most people dress the same way anyway. One of my friends sells his larger clothes on Free and for Sale, and he always specifies in his posts that he wants plus-size people to have first choice. Otherwise, a bunch of thin girls would be gobbling up his stuff to wear his cute, oversized tees. Scrolling through the page now, it's a small Carlton sweater, small gap peacoat, small Zara shirt, swimsuit, flannel. There are no plus size clothes. Like when I go back home, I feel more normal size, but here it's kind of like one body type. I've gotten bigger since I've gotten here. And it's been just really hard because, like, trying to find ways to accept myself even though it feels like I stand out in every single way. 
I don't know if you're gonna get into this, but, like, dating and that kind of stuff. Yeah, please. But I felt, like, very unattractive, and then I went to, like, and, like, nobody wanted me. And then I went to France, and my Tinder blew up. And it was, like, completely different than what I thought, whereas, like, here, rural Minnesota, there's, like, only one type of guy, and, like, only, like, one person, and then, like, what they're looking for. Especially in the hookup culture, where it's just hookup, 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 and not relationships. Yeah. People are really just looking at bodies and not, like, wanting to have a conversation with yeah. you. It's difficult here, especially because it's, like, such a small campus. You kind of know everybody. There's the school, and you can't really go out. If you want to go out to the cities, it's like a track, and it's just, even it's the cities. Like, it's not, (laughs) it's not Paris. Yeah. Northfield, Minnesota is definitely not Paris. When I said rural, I meant it. Carlton is surrounded on all sides by farmland. We just got a Starbucks last year. There's a big parade on the main street every year celebrating the defeat of Jesse James, an infamous bank robber of the late 1800s. This ruralness seems like an extra layer of hardship for students with non-normative bodies. In fact, everyone I talked to for this episode said something like this. Here in rural Minnesota, things are much worse than in my home city or the city I visited. And this idea reminded me a lot of... The original show was fighting for tolerance. Our fight is for acceptance. Let's do this. Netflix's Queer Eye, the reboot of the iconic 90s show where five gay men changed the life of struggling straight man, framed itself from the beginning as a show aiming for acceptance, and it follows that they spend their time in rural southern areas. This idea that those spaces are where queerness or otherness is not accepted, as opposed to the city where everything is pride, is hardcore fed to us everywhere in our culture. There's a good amount of writing on this cultural myth and a lot more to explore than what we're going to get to. Definitely listen to the Call Your Girlfriend episode interviewing Samantha Allen, who wrote about queer America outside of the big cities. There's also this article by gender studies scholar Aaron Azura that terms this theory metrosexuality. And in his writing, Azura asks, is the city so much better? This question is especially relevant when we consider fatness. Because statistically, rates of fatness are actually much higher in rural areas and lower in urban areas. But to that, Carleton College may physically exist in a rural area, but its demographics do not align with those of rural Minnesota on a whole, and definitely not rural America. So maybe it makes sense that in Gabby's experience, the metrosexual narrative fits. No, not the one where Bobby Burke redesigns her rural home, but the one where her body felt more normal or accepted in the city. I mean, we know from life experiences that cities are not fat safe havens, but I wanted to hear from Gabby about what types of things she experienced specifically as a student at Carleton that she didn't experience in the city. I know there are just a lot of things that like, I I think I think about a lot more because I'm fat. When I'm at the dining hall, I'm like, oh, if I take a second dessert, is everybody looking at me? If I take this like unhealthy food versus this healthy food, is everybody like judging me and going like, oh, well, yeah, and that makes sense. This is a secret. Mm. I I, I don't care. But on my way up LDC, because I'm in the French department and it's on the third floor and the elevator is broken, which high key is like, that's like not okay. So I do, I go to the second floor, I go to the bathroom, take a little breather, and then I go back up. So like I'm not up there like, <laughs> you know? So it's just like I there are certain things that like I do and I think it's because I'm I'm so self-critical that like I'm like, oh if I'm thinking of this, everybody else must be thinking this too. 
In case you didn't catch that, Gabby's saying that she alters her daily routine at Carlton because she's surrounded by people who don't look like her, which makes her feel especially visible. And when she's talking about walking up the LDC, she means the language building. The staircases are pretty steep and always so crowded before and after class. I remember when I had a class in that building, I felt like I saw every single person I knew before I got to the third floor. And all the while, Gabby's trying to catch her breath, make it seem easy to move through this small crowded space, having to contend with hypervisibility as a plus size woman of color. We actually got a voice memo from a Carlton alum who's a member of the family who made a good point about this visibility. Um, there was a culture of work hard, play hard that encompassed both academics and bodies with a pervasive wellness culture that contrasted with the play hard culture of frequent heavy drinking and the accompanying late night dominoes and sales mozzarella sticks that went along with that. So it was super important to be thin and athletic and crunchy while also making it look like you weren't actively trying to do any of these things. Additionally, um, nakedness was celebrated, but there were no examples of fat positivity. And as such, I was very hesitant to wear tight-fitting or revealing clothing or be naked in any sort of social situation because everyone else was smaller than me. All of those things definitely hold true to Carlton today. You can hear more about that in my conversation with this Anna about her five-year college reunion in this week's Team I Love Bread minisode. But for now, let's explore visibility from a different angle, the boob angle. Did I mention? Part of thin Carlton is smaller boobs. It's like an aesthetic. There's definitely more diversity in terms of boob size, even among the straight-sized students, but only to the extent that no one really has to wear a bra, which is also an aesthetic. In this interview, I talk with my friend Julia, who also just graduated, congrats, about how her boob size sexualizes her in a different way than her straight size friends, who get to choose when they display their chests. And we also talked about gay stuff. Here's Julia. I'm Julia. I use she, her pronouns. I'm from Chicago. How I would describe my body? I think I'm hot. The most like noticeable things that are often pointed out to me are that I have incredibly massive boobs and no butt. <laughs> so that's where we're at to start. And I actually think Carleton, or, or college, I guess, more so than high school, has been a more negative time surrounding my body. So I would expect it to be the opposite, that like in high school is when everyone's like, haha, like she's fat, or like your boobs are big. But um, for whatever reason, when people said those things to me in high school, which wasn't super often, but when it did happen, it didn't really get to me as much. But it's different here. No one outwardly says anything, which I guess is a difference because to a certain extent, it's almost like maybe it's better if you say something like might as well put it out there how you feel yeah. about my body. But I get the sense that here there just isn't as much respect for different bodies or bigger bodies. I'm surrounded by a lot of really skinny friends. It's hard to like watch what other people go out in and feel as if I can't do that. It would be cool if I could wear like a bra-like thing and just like go out and feel totally myself, but I, I really can't. And I think it also heavily relates to like dating culture or hookup culture on campus. Almost a sense of like, when I'm making a first impression, as if I wanna hide it by having like looser shirts on or just like a more modest or moderate outfit and 
there are random nights where I'm like, I'm going to wear the tightest thing that I have in my closet. I'm going to go dance. I'm going to take pictures of myself and it's going to be great. Sometimes I leave those nights feeling great. And sometimes I leave those nights feeling like I was judged and people were looking at me and the people I was trying to flirt with weren't reciprocating and, you know, all that stuff. So I haven't dated anyone at Carlton. I've barely hooked up with anyone at Carlton, like a couple people. I felt that anyone I tried to pursue either didn't reciprocate or thought of it more as like a friend thing or like after one time of hooking up would be like, okay, so we're done. And I don't want to owe it just to my body, but I, I kind of think to myself, well, what else? I think I'm a cool person. I think I'm an attractive person, a caring person. Some, I have good self-esteem. And then I'm like, okay, so what is it? Like, could it just be that like I have more of a stomach or I have an unconventional body type? I've had a lot of conversations like this with friends at the end of a Saturday night, especially when we were trying to hook up with somebody and it didn't work out. And it almost never worked out. We would ask, what is it about us that makes us different from the other women who so easily get hookups every weekend? And in a mixed friend group of people who were Carlton thin and people who weren't, it felt like the common denominator was not our bodies. But those women we were idealizing, they were all thin. It's confusing, and I don't really know how to make sense of Carlton hookup culture, but I do know that I started having a lot more success when I stopped trying to hook up with cis men. At home, was like, I was hooking up with someone over the summer, and she consistently would be like, you're so hot. Like, you have an incredible body. And I was like, wow. Yeah, people don't, uh, people don't say that to me. No. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Nine months out of the year when I'm at school, you know? Yeah. Which... I just find odd because Carlton is a really accepting community in a lot of ways. I don't think body image is necessarily one of the most accepted or non-normative bodies, uh, fat bodies, bare bodies, not the most accepted. I think part of discovering my sexuality and realizing that I, I don't really define myself. I define myself as liking who I like. Some could call it bi. I like who I like. But as I started thinking, hmm, like I, I feel like I could be attracted to women or um, interested in hooking up with them or dating them, something I was noticing, whether it was on dating apps or meeting in person or hooking up, I never felt judged on my body. I certainly know that that's not 
always going to be true. I know that there are women out there who are very judgmental, but I think there's something about the gay communities that I've at least been part of where my body has felt very accepted and loved and I'll hook up with a woman and that won't be the end of it. You know, I wouldn't even have to think about it. She'll text me the next day and be like, hey, that was great. Want to hang out? You know, and I think that was a huge part of it, too, in figuring out that related to discovering different parts of my sexuality is this newfound idea that like the most comfortable I've ever felt with my body in a sense has been with women. I hate it when dudes try to chase me But I love it when you try to save me Cause I'm just a lady I'm not saying that queerness is utopia, but maybe what I'm saying is that it's the future? Give it a little think, and when we come back, we'll talk to one of my favorite people at Carlton. As if you needed convincing, let me tell you a bit more about the Body Reconnect Tour coming to the U.S. this fall all the way from Australia. Danielle Galvin is a fat activist and peer advocate and longtime listener. Ashley Bennett of The Body Image Therapist is a counselor and body image specialist. Together, they've created a five-hour workshop with three delicious parts. Part one, positively embodied. It's nothing like your high school art class. Requires no experience, just a willingness to explore. Art therapist Ashley Bennett helps you to learn and practice strategies for body image, embodiment, and self-soothing for more peace and acceptance in your body via ceramic sculpture. This is not about being a good artist, but it is about connecting with community and rediscovering play for mental health. Part two, importance of peer support. This includes an informal discussion about body positivity led by Danny. You'll explore peer support in body positive spaces online and in real life. This hour encourages you to make grassroots connections with other people interested in body positivity and will take online friendships IRL. Part three, Informal meet and greet is a chance to chat one-on-one with Ashley and Danny, as well as take pictures, build friendships, talk about body positivity, and maybe even connect with other family members. It will be fun, relaxing, informative, and most of all, healing. I'm sweating thinking of all this body reconnecting. Sign me up. But first, let's hear those cities again. This October, there will be workshops in LA, Orem, Utah, Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Nashville, and New York City. Tickets are on sale now, and there are financial hardship and payment plan options available. Go to IamDannyAdriana.com or click the links in the show notes for more info and to get your tickets ASAP. It's time to reconnect with your body. Sometimes it's 3 p.m. and I'm still wearing my pajamas and last night's face mask. Because I'm busy gifting the world with fat content, sometimes I need a reminder to gift myself something too. That's why I love Birchbox. Birchbox is a monthly box of grooming and beauty supplies that reminds you to take some you time. Birchbox works with over 500 prestige brands that offer something for every hair type, skin concern, and lifestyle. Birchbox has you fill out your personal profile so they can send you products that you will be obsessed with. I just got my first Birchbox and it was like a little surprise waiting on my doorstep. Now I have an easy little reminder to take some me time when I'm working for the fats. 
And since I'm fat, that's just good praxis. Head to birchbox.com slash SAF to learn more about Birchbox and use promo code SAF to get $5 off your own monthly box of you time. That's promo code SAF at birchbox.com slash SAF for $5 off your first Birchbox. Birchbox.com slash SAF. So away. Um, my name is Maria Hill. Um, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I use she, her pronouns. The two words that I describe, use to describe my body are big and fat, and those are words that I'm comfortable being called. Maria once described her look to me as a kindergartner and also obscene and sometimes a mesh between the two. She always looks great and she is really not trying to fit in with the thin, crunchy standard of Carlton. I'll let her describe for you what she's wearing today. So right now I have a pair of fake leather clogs with kind of like bedazzle circle stud. And I have um, a pair of black Gloria Vanderbilt jeans on. There's, I'm wearing a belt, I call it my fruit stripe belt. I really like it, I got it for 35 cents. Um, I'm wearing my dollar store rosary because, shout out God. Sure. Uh, um, I'm wearing a, I don't even know what I would call this. It's kind of, it's not really mesh. Like it's like sheer? It's, yeah, it's a sheer like chartreuse button up that I got in Omaha. Um, I'm wearing a floral, I would say late 80s bikini top with a little tie in the middle. I'm wearing six six um, clamp clips in my hair. I really like doing this hairstyle because my mom used to do it when I was little. Mm. makes me feel like, uh, have you seen the movie 10 Things I Hate About You? Uh-huh. makes me feel like I'm yes. in that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing my baby blue um, earrings that I got, I think, for 50 cents. Um, my favorite article of clothing that I'm wearing would probably be my chartreuse shirt because this shirt has been with me through, like, four different dress sizes. And since it's elastic, I can wear it with anything. It's also sheer, so I like sheer. Yeah. <laughs> I also like my shoes. My mom calls them my clompers because they're really loud. <laughs> yeah. I, I really started being okay with the word fat, like, my senior year. For most of my life, I, I have been fat until about my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Freshman year, I was thin, thinner, but I've had the same body type. So before accepting fat, I used thick Mm. because that's my body type is that I'm like bottom heavy and so it wasn't until like my um, senior year that I started seeing thick used more for like the body type and less like the size of a person and so I was like well I can be thick and thin Mm. like I can be thin small my body can be smaller and I can still be thick but like I can be fat and thick if that makes sense so then I I really liked the the people who use the word fat because they used it in such a like radical way and I was I was like 18 and obsessed with being radical and moving farther away from things that I was comfortable words I was comfortable using when I came to Carleton I expected it to be a really radical and like not just in the politics but in the way people dressed would be more like I don't even know what the word would be just like unconventional way Then when I got here, I was dressing how I usually dress, which is, like, a lot. It's really loud. I looked around, and everybody was dressed so bland. And 
I was getting a lot of looks, like, for the things I was wearing, and they weren't good looks. Like, why did she think that she could put this on her body? Yeah. And so Carlton, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly thinking about my body because I'm constantly wearing clothes that show my body and accentuate my body, and that's not, that doesn't happen a lot here. And so not only am I dressing different than everybody else, I have a body different. I think, like, if I could count the amount of fat girls on this campus, there's, like, six of us. Yeah. To be on a campus, not only where I don't dress like everybody else, but also where my body is bigger than most people's, I'm, like, double visible. I, I'm never not thinking about my body on this campus. Like, has it ever made you want to, like, change the way that you dress? Oh, yes. Freshman year of Carleton, um, I was at my heaviest I'd ever been and for the first couple weeks. I was wearing a lot of the stuff I was so excited to wear. I went to this, there's a thrift store in Omaha called New Life, and it's like my favorite thrift store. You can get stuff for like 35 cents. Whoa. So I got a bunch of like weird skirts and skorts and like the coolest like black shirt with like a mesh like cross on it. And uh -huh. it was so cool. And I was so excited to wear them. And I wore them for New Student Week. And then like looking around, I was like, damn, like everybody's looking at me. Yeah. And I would get compliments. Like I, there were two seniors that I thought were the coolest people in the world. And when they complimented me, it was like, like that day, I felt on top of the world. I was like, I'm the baddest bitch on this campus. <laughs> the moment I walked into the dining hall, everybody, not, it felt like everybody was staring at me. Yeah. I stopped like wearing a lot of the stuff that I wanted to until I went home for our six week long winter break and I like got really into the DIY like venue scene mm -hmm. and people there loved me. Yeah. They loved the way I dressed, they like encouraged it. Some of the people had little Instagram shops where they would sell stuff and they were like, dude, you have to check it out. There's this one piece I know you're gonna love. And it was just so exciting to be around people who like really cared and appreciated the way about about my body and so then when I came back to Carlson after that I was like I don't give a fuck uh, anymore yeah. <laughs> and so ever since like freshman winter I've just worn whatever I've wanted to wear regardless of how big my body has been it's not an easy place to to stand out but it's especially not an easy place if you have a marginalized body the friends that I've made here at Carlton their bodies don't look like mine and like some of their styles do align really closely with mine, so it's nice to be able to walk with like my roommate who's from Miami who will wear a bikini top like when she's walking. And yeah. like people will look at the both of us because we're both dressed like loud, but it's <laughs> it's nice to know that you have somebody, to, to know that you're not the only one being stared at. That whole house that I lived in last year um, was an incredible community. There were, like I said, those two seniors were really affirming. They graduated um, last year, but they still helped me like feel comfortable in myself and another thing that helped is like my Instagram is a lot about my body mm. and ex ex dressing the way I do and I feel like a lot of people that follow me follow me because of that and then a lot of people from Carlton started following me and like commenting on my stuff and being super like super positive and making me feel great about myself and people that I don't really talk to a lot, so I never would have known they thought this about me. I feel like the internet has definitely been like a vehicle of my self-esteem. Yes, the internet is a vehicle. It's a Barbie Jeep with big comfy seats and free seatbelt extenders you don't have to ask for. And people like Maria are holding open the door for you to hop in. We always tell people who are early in the body positive journey to just follow a ton of fat Instagrams, just to see people talking about their bodies. 
So Schmieds is a big part of how Maria celebrates her body and her style because she can't always find a lot of people to celebrate with at Carlton. It's probably like that for a lot of fat college kids and fat high school kids. My junior year in high school, there was a hashtag on Twitter. It was like plus size appreciation. So I posted some pictures um, on there and it got like a bunch of retweets. And so after that, I was like, maybe this whole body positivity thing is really valid. Yeah. I mean, I was so into it beforehand, but never for me. I love that people were appreciating their bodies, but I never really, I never thought it would work for me. I know like a lot of people complain about validation from strangers in this generation and their <laughs> online validation, but honestly, like it really helped. So I made my Instagram public, and then I started almost exclusively posting full body pictures of myself. Middle school me was screaming. I Full body pictures were like something I never did, but they were well received. I got this message from this girl in Canada, and she was like, I wanted to say, like, you're representing for all the big girls out there. And just getting that, I was like, I'm gonna keep posting. I'm gonna yeah. keep doing it and doing it. Yeah. So I was so in awe. I was like, these people are following me because they think my body and the way I present my body is something special. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, I'm, it's an Instagram follow, but it means a lot to me. Yeah. I wish that, like, before college, I would have known what the people I go to college look like. I already knew this was going to be an almost completely white school, which I had in my mind. I knew what to expect with that, kind of. But I wish I would have known what the people here's bodies look like and that I could have, like, been prepared to be the only fat girl in my class. So when I came here... I wasn't caught off guard and I wasn't like completely thrown for a loop, you know? I also wish I would have known what the ideal girl here is at Carlton, mm -hmm. which is like a skinny, massy, brown haired girl. Yeah. That's not what I grew up with as yeah. well. Like the people like like my body was super super appreciated at home, like in terms of like sexual attraction and like people like flirting with me and stuff. But here I wish I would have known that I'm not the standard because it really took a hit on my self-esteem my freshman year. So I wish I would have just known that wait till you go home for any sort of romantic or sexual thing because you won't find it at Carleton. What I have seen the most here is that my friends who are thinner get approached more often than me yeah. and I have to do a lot of the approaching, which I'm, like, I don't have to do at home. It's like a rejection that I'm not used to because I'm not saying like I'm like the hottest girl alive, but it's like back home I can I can find somebody. I try to avoid anything like romantic or sexual with anybody on campus. I do my bidding elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> if I need something done, I'll I'll go somewhere else because Carlton isn't the place to find it. It's unrealistic for me to try to find somebody here. I took some classes in high school during a summer program at University of Nebraska Omaha and my body looked like a lot of people on that campus. Mm -hmm. Nebraska is one of the states people are like statistically like heftier and like bigger than in other states. Most of the population at UNO is people from Omaha and so when you're in a place like that I think regardless of the school I would be more comfortable in my body and be it'd be easier to find people even U of M just because there's more people and more types of people. Carlton 
is a sp very specific type of person. I definitely think at a state school I would be more comfortable in my body and it would be easier for me to find suitors. Sure. You do your bidding elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> On a social level, this makes a lot of sense. State universities have much larger and typically more diverse student populations, so you get more types of people. There's still an overarching Western beauty standard and maybe specific campus looks, but maybe not everyone's bending over backwards to adhere to that look, like at Carleton and schools like it. And it's probably not a coincidence that state schools were the ones that began to offer fat studies courses in the 2000s. It's a mess to read about that online because there was so much backlash, and now only a few universities offer fat studies. The only liberal arts college that I could find that does so is Oberlin. They've been offering inquiries in critical fat studies for a few years. This is interesting to me because Oberlin is incredibly similar to Carleton. It's a small liberal arts college in rural Ohio, about 40 minutes from Cleveland. There are a little under 3,000 students, about 26% students of color, 8% black students. The tuition is around $70,000. But Oberlin is known for its activism and liberalism, whereas Carleton does work to present itself as an academic institution first, with an active student body second. So maybe Oberlin can get away with a controversial course in fat studies, but Carleton is afraid to take that liberal step. I mean, it's only now in 2019 that Carleton's women's studies program is adding sexuality to its name. To me, it feels like if fat activism is going to start happening at Carleton and at the small schools like it, it's going to have to start with the students. Being home makes you realize this place does not matter. People's opinions of you at this place, they do not matter. My body existed at home, separate of Carleton. I can be on this campus and be autonomous. My body is my own. Carleton doesn't have to shape my viewpoint on my body. It doesn't have to shape my physical body. And, and that's another thing that just makes me feel so much better about being an upperclassman. I wish I had a day where I could just like scream at the fat kids on this campus and tell them how special their bodies are. And Carlton isn't going to change that. I feel like if you, even if somebody screamed at me like that freshman year, I wouldn't have understood it. I think it is important to have people who can tell you those things, but you also need to kind of live, not live through it because you don't have to live through oppression to like learn anything, but just kind of, there's an expression you have to Learn the reins. <laughs> Learn the ropes? Learn the ropes. There you go. Okay. Of dealing with your body and the way that people see it, especially when you're, like, the only person with your type of body. I could talk about it forever. Me, yeah. and, me Hiba, and Gabby last year actually were talking about starting, um, like, a, a body organization on campus, but we were worried. Just the way, just, like, the, like, body positivity movement has been co-opted. We were worried that our group would be co-opted, which I think is definitely really easy to happen on a campus like this like I mean that's part of why I'm a gender studies major is like the body and what the body means what it means to have your body and the implications those kinds of things and like what you as a person with your body like can do to feel comfortable in your body and make space for your body if I were to start the organization it would be for marginalized bodies it wouldn't be just for fat bodies it wouldn't be just for unconventionally attractive bodies but it would also be for people who whose whose bodies are like politicized and whose bodies are sources of oppression and angst it's like a very specific like 
beyond body positivity. Yeah, it's not body, It's not for everybody. Yeah. I don't want, like, thin, white, cis people coming to my group. Because I think that's something that, like, happens time and again at Carleton. Yes. Like, a lot of our, like, feminist groups are just, like, like white, cis women, you know? I don't, I don't think it's a Carleton thing. I think it's a liberal thing. I think mm-hmm. it's a white liberal thing is to make everything about yourself. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like being in a group of people whose bodies are also marginalized people who have faced scrupulation is that a word yeah yeah um for their bodies their whole lives there's something about being physically with people who have been through similar things as you and who have bodies that are different than the than the like conventional standard there's something about being with that group of people who have also been through some shit because of their body that helps you accept yours. There are student organizations doing this. I found one called Fabulous and Big at Montclair State University, which is for LGBTQ fat folks. The Body Positive has a campus leadership program aiming to help students create body positive spaces in their schools. And we've had family members from Sophie's alma mater, Stanford, reach out to us about starting a group. It sounds like they're doing great work. If you're on a campus that doesn't have some sort of space for fat people, for non-normative bodies, that's a tangible step to work towards. And if you're straight-sized, recognize that you don't need an invite to this party. Put the work in by listening to your fat friends and organizing for fat justice and accessibility on your campus. I think this podcast is really important. I don't think there's a lot like this. Um, I want to thank you for especially talking about Carlton because this is a conversation that we are not really allowed to have because a lot of times people will shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about bodies at Carlton, especially talking about bodies in a radical way, is refreshing. It's necessary. I'm going to have this on loop. Next year I'll be blasting it throughout my house. <laughs> Anybody who walks in is going to be forced to hear this interview, this podcast in general, and hopefully people won't have to have conversations like this in the future at schools like Carleton and small schools, schools anywhere, but in the meantime, I want people to keep doing stuff like this. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Follow Maria at Boo Boo Lu Boo Fan Club. I'll link it in the show notes. I saw this tweet the other day that said, I hope everyone who calls Lizzo a babe is doing the same for their friendly neighborhood fat girls. And that really hit me. Like, I've been at Carlton parties where a room full of thin people are dancing badly to good as hell. What is that? I was challenged in college to think about a lot of things, but I didn't really think about bodies or fatness until I started listening to She's All Fat. And that was the beginning of my junior year, folks. So seriously, share this episode and the rest of She's All Fat with at least one 2000s kid who's about to head into college or technical school or like the next phase of their life. Here are some reasons why. One, because Gen Zers love a podcast. Two, because it's better than a gift card to a bookstore they're never going to go to because screens. Three, because young people are the future and fat justice is the future. 
Thanks for letting me make this episode, Sophie and Maria. Thanks for the episode title, April. And thanks to Gabby, Julia, Maria, and all of the radical fat kids at Carlton. What? You better come get your man. I think he want to be way more than friends. we asked you to tell us about your experiences with fatness at college. Here is what some of you had to say. Hello, it is um, Minnesota Hannah here. And so I'm technically in college uh, because I'm getting my master's degree in higher education, um, specifically student affairs. So I want to work at a college for the rest of my life. Um, So in regards to the question of like what is my school doing for fatties uh to be honest not a lot and i think in general higher ed isn't doing a lot to help our community um in my classes we talk about a wide variety of identities um so people can understand the struggles that our future students are going to go through and we just completely skip right over um the fat community so um i know i'm really trying to make my presence known as a fat person and make the other people in my cohort uh think about the implications of the events they're doing and the inclusivity of the spaces they're using um and also just make them more comfortable around the term fat because when i call myself fat at first they'll freak out and now they're kind of chill with it Hi, it's Hannah. So I actually go to university over in England. One thing that really bugs me is in the lecture theatre, we have these little desks that are meant to fold down uh, in front of our chairs for us to write on. And uh, I'd call myself a small fat and it does not fit whatsoever. I barely fit in the chair. The desk won't come down. It's awkward and people don't know whether to mention it or not. Yeah, I don't know how to broach the subject, whether to approach the university about it, because if I'm feeling this as, you know, a relatively small fat person, I can only imagine students who are bigger than me would find it even more of a struggle. So it kind of sucks, but I'm out here living my best life and I love the podcast. So yeah, that's all I have to say. Bye. Thanks, Hannahs. And that's our show. She's All That was created by me, Sophie Carter-Kahn, and the iconic April K. Quio, who is on a break this season. You know what she said to me the other day, though, was... We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was co-produced and edited by Maria Ortel. Our junior producer is Lynn Barbera. Our lovely, amazing new interns are Freya Salander and Yelly Cruz. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye.
contend with hypervisibility, having to contend with hypervisibility. Oh my God. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 